Yes, God, we cry holy, holy. You are so worthy, Father. God, we just lay everything at your feet tonight. God, we thank you for breaking in on our lives tonight, Father. God, we thank you. You're so worthy of our praise and honor, Father, and our worship. God, there's nothing we'd rather do tonight than just worship you. Thank you for your presence. God, we thank you for your wraparound love and for being such a good, good father. just let's just wait on the Lord a, another minute or so and thank you Lord thank you for your presence Jesus Holy Spirit we thank you that you're here that you're here to move you're here to strengthen you're here to encourage and build us up thank you Lord we just wait on you Thirty-five years ago this month <clears throat> that the Lord cornered me in my living room and he broke my heart because I was a 20-year-old man that thought that God was a joke I thought was thought that Christianity was stupid that Christians were stupid. And I, I had made vows to be an enemy of the cross. And he came in, in my hardness of heart, 
with the truth, with the Word of God, and it broke my heart like a sword just smashing my heart of stone. And I can't believe it's actually been 35 years now. And the one thing that, that I've taken away over all these years is that, that the Lord's love is so real and His presence is so real in my life and for us. He's so for us. And He wants intimacy with us. He wants us to, to hear His voice. First and foremost, through this book, the written Word of God, the Logos. But He also wants to speak to you personally through the Holy Spirit living in you, reminding you of the things that Jesus has said, reminding you of the promises of God. See, the author of the book doesn't want us just to fall in love with his book. He wants us to fall in love with him. The author of the book, the author and perfecter of our faith. So I just want to encourage us tonight. I, I felt like the theme of intimacy is, is, was heavy on me today, and I was reminded of my coming to the Lord. I, I opened up with that, that uh, Song of Solomon passage that just was such a, a sweet invitation for us to, to lean in, to yield, to open up our hearts, to just say to him, just let him, let him come. Let him do what he wants to do. Because our part is to yield our hearts to him. To yield, to open up the door of our heart and say, Jesus, come, have your way. Do whatever you want to do in me. As always, I just sense the Lord's presence in our time of worship, just surrounding us, just resting over us. And I, I'm good with just that. I could be happy and just go home after spending some time in worship. But I know he's got more for us tonight. So we always make room for any prophetic words of encouragement. Uh, as the scripture says, one has a, one has a word of encouragement. One has a, a prophetic word or a song or a hymn. Uh, a word of encouragement, a teaching, something to strengthen and edify. So I'm just going to, uh, David and Car, if you guys sense anything, Tammy, nothing, you're good. Boy, you guys are really quiet tonight. Well, I mean, it is kind of a, a light group tonight, so. <sighs> well, we want to say welcome, Chandler and no, there's no other new people in the room, so <laughs> welcome and welcome the whole family here. And tonight we want to keep in mind, we just want to lift up uh, Papa John and Charla. Charla's going to uh, go in and have a procedure tomorrow morning. We're just going to kind of keep it as just a procedure. We don't need to go into the details, but, but we're pretty confident that, that what the doctors or the surgeon will take care of will take care of everything. Um, again, we just, even now, let's just lift her up. God, we thank you, Father, for, for Charla. We thank you for your faithfulness throughout the decades, throughout the, the, the length of her life, and you are not finished. God, we thank you that, 
the best is yet to come for her and for the whole Torres family. So we just release your blessing over them. We declare life and strength and peace, God, over them tonight that they would rest well. And Lord, we thank you that the surgeon's hand will be guided by you. The Holy Spirit, you will be right there guiding that surgeon in all things and that this, this procedure will be successful. So we thank you, Lord. We bless them, God. We bless them. We thank you for the Torres family. In Jesus' name. All right. So, <clears throat> hmm. Hmm. Do I, do I share the word? I, okay, I'm going to. I'm just, do I even need to ask? So, oftentimes with, with folks that come and visit, um, we, our, our heart is to, to encourage, to strengthen, to edify, to build up, right? That's what Paul wrote in Corinthians, uh, that prophecy is to, to build up. It's to strengthen, to edify, and to build up. And so in this house, we, we make it an aim to, to train the saints to learn how to lean into the voice of God. And obviously, the scripture is our, is our guideline. It is our plumb line. It is... If, if it goes against this, then we, we uh, throw it out and we might even have to rebuke somebody. But that's never happened here <laughs> that I can remember. Maybe, maybe once. I don't know. I can't remember a time. Um, but, but we believe that, that the prophetic is to, to edify. And so one of the, the tools that God has, has uh, blessed the body of Christ with through a, a guy named Dan McCollum. He's a, he's a minister down in California. He's connected with our stream, the, the Bethel stream. And um, he's one of the first things he teaches is how to take somebody's name and look into the meaning of their name and then ask the Lord, what do you say about it? So Chandler, I don't know if you know what your name means. Candle maker. So you're, you're Chandler. You're not a shoemaker. You're not a, you know, you're not a shoemaker. You're, you're a candle maker. And I thought when I saw that, I was like, whoa. I just immediately, I felt like the Lord said something about you regarding that. And I, I even shared it just privately with Tammy and these two earlier. And uh, I just felt like there's, there's something that God has on your life. There's, there's a gifting, obviously we all have gifts, but there's a gifting and a call on your life, I believe, to, to train and equip men. Specifically men, but it's not limited to men. I feel like you being a candle maker, you are graced by God to train and equip men to become a light shining in their dark places that they go. That the word of God that you teach, that you encourage, that you release to, to, to people in due season, in the right timing, instant in season and out of season, you just have the word, you have the word of encouragement that there is something, a, a grace gift that's on your life to train and equip men to become the light that God has destined them to be. And we can all take hold of this. You know, Jesus said that let your light so shine before all men that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. And oftentimes, men and women, we, we get stuff in our life that just kind of blocks the light. And I think there's something about helping people get free, helping people let go of lies and embracing truth. 
you know, Satan comes to steal, kill, and destroy. His main weapon is lying. He's a liar. He was a liar from the beginning. He's the father of lies. Jesus said, if you'll know the truth, the truth will set you free. And so oftentimes the biggest obstacle, the blockage is right between our ears and the devil just has to come and whisper a lie and tell us what we're not, that you're a failure, that your weakest moment now defines who you are. And God has a different, a different word. He says, who I say about you is who you are. He's the one who calls the things that are not as though they are. That's what we would say he prophesies over us. He speaks over us our destiny because he sees us as complete, as holy, as beloved children of God. And we look at ourselves in the mirror and we're like, I'm a piece of work. In in progress, if we're kind to ourselves, we admit we're, we're a work in progress. But I just feel like God's got that on you. I don't know you, barely, you know, we've just chatted a little bit. So I hope that's something that you feel like you could take hold of. You, know, you, you are positioned in this time and in the place that you're in in life right now with work, with your career, that you are surrounded in a sphere of influence and your influence is great. It's not an accident that a son of the king, a son of God, a child of God, that is you, are filled with the Holy Spirit and filled with the Word of God and placed right in the middle of all these people that you're going to get familiar with in the weeks ahead here. So we just want to bless you with that. Encourage you, bless you, and hope that's good for you. All right. Nothing? Boy, this is interesting. That's okay. Yes. It's okay. I just love to hear it from everyone. So. Okay, well, hey, we will go ahead and move forward with the evening with the, with the menu, what, what we have on the, on the menu tonight, on the set the table with, so if you want to. Boy, it's going to be awfully lonely up here. I'm going to give you guys a little more light in the room. I don't want you falling asleep. I'm not going to preach long. But I do just have some encouragement for us. Let's, let's uh, say goodbye to one set of angel music and we'll welcome in a different set. <laughs> we call it the angel music because it just seems so lofty and ethereal sometimes. So speaking of the prophetic, um, these guys were at our house last night and I won't say how late. Okay, I'll say it. Almost two in the morning. Sorry, Dad. He's good. Um, but it was fun. But, but we, we talk about so many different things, but, you know, um, there's something about recording things that have spoken to you, whether you're taking notes in your Bible and you heard a sermon and you make some footnotes and it's like, what is God speaking to you at that moment? Why is that standing out in that very time um, and really just like going deep into your heart? Or if it's a prophetic word. Now, I don't know about the prophetic word I gave you tonight, but I know for me, we have, as a couple, received a long list of words. And you saw it on my phone, on the, on the television screen, and we played a couple of them. But one of the words that, that Tammy and I received as a ministry, it was before we, we felt like God gave us a name for a church. We were still a living room gathering but we, we felt like we should call ourselves something. We didn't feel like it was the actual church yet. It was just 
This is our ministry that God gave us. And we called ourselves Hope Renewal Ministry because Jesus came in and he broke our, our any kind of sadness, any kind of um, discouragement. He broke it off after going through a really difficult season of a church falling apart and having to navigate through that. And so he led us to a place of life, a place of hope. He renewed our hope. And it wasn't just a, a little taste of hope, like it was glistening hope. You know, you like that one. Francis Frangipan, one of his famous quotes from, I don't remember the name of the book. Any area of your life that isn't glistening with hope, that area of your life is actually under the influence of a lie. And that lie comes from the pit of hell. So hope is a good indicator of whether or not we're believing lies. I don't know what lies we might have been believing at the time, but whatever lies we might have been hanging on to, like, you know, God, do you even have a church for us somewhere that we can bring our little family of five children into and call home? Or are we just going to wander from church to church? And uh, the truth was, he had a, a hope and a future for us, a destiny. And through a series of events, the call came to plant a church. And so there we were as a living room church, calling ourselves Hope Renewal. And honestly, our hearts, I know we shared this with you guys, our hearts, and I think, Dad, you probably have heard this from us before, and Mom, but don't worry, it's mother-in-law, father. So they're not like separate, two different sizes. <laughs> Unless they're, are you fighting? No, I'm just not fighting. No, I'm kidding. Um, yeah, what was I saying? I'm going to just show, share with you guys this word. It was a, a student from Bethel um, traveling with Steve Backland, Steve and Winnie Backland, and she, she wrote down Hope Renewal Ministries, and she got a word from the Lord to encourage us from every letter of that acronym. And this is what she had. This is what she read over us. That we are high-level influencers. That we are orchestrating powerful pillars in the community. And that we are excellent stewards of his presence. We are releasing everlasting newness of life in the exact timing of God, wonder-filled, abounding in love, joy, faith, and power, like-minded in beliefs. So Tammy and I were like, okay, hope, renewal, that so far, that sounds pretty good. I can receive that. That's not a word I would flush. I don't think there's any point there that I would say, no, that's not something that God wants for us. I love it. I, I, love, I love, even now, being in the exact timing of God. It may not look like you're in the right timing. You might feel like you're out of sync. But, but you know in your heart you're walking with the Lord. You're, you're spending time with Him. You're intimate with the Lord. You're, you're in His Word. You're, you're in prayer. You're listening to Him. You're, you're in fellowship. So everything is set in place. But you could feel like because things that you're hoping for, things that have been promised have not happened yet, that your hope could get deferred and your heart could start to get sick. But when we lean back into a promise of God that, no, you're in the exact timing of God, this moment right now may not feel like the fulfillment of promises that God has given us, 
But this is a, a moment in time where we get to be present with him, where we get to hear him presently, where we can draw near to him now, where even in this room while we are just sitting here together, while one of us is standing, the rest of us sitting, we can actually turn our attention towards the one who is in the room. You know, that Psalm 139 says that there is no place I can escape from your presence. If I go to the highest height, if I go to the deepest depth of the ocean, of the sea, even there, you're with me. So if you cannot escape his presence, you might as well imagine him here right now. I think the area of our mind that we call the imagination, it's not like, oh, it's just your imagination. You thought you felt God touch you. Maybe you felt an angel feather tickle your arm tonight. You know, it's just your imagination. No, it's in the place of your imagination, the sanctified imagination where God often speaks to us, where God often reveals things to us. Sometimes you'll get a picture. Sometimes you'll hear a, a scripture and just take note. He speaks. He speaks all the time. His number one language is not English. The language of the Holy Spirit, it's, it's various, it's vast, and it's wonderful. So let's go on to the last part of hope renewal. And here's the ministries. Miracles, signs, and wonders. Intimacy and authenticity, nearness to God, impossible made possible, Mark, 7, oh, Mark 9, 23. Sweet fragrance from heaven now, right now. A training center for inner transformation. Revelation-inspired messages and messengers. See, it's not a one-man show. It's not the Scott and Tammy show. It's not the Scott and Tammy, David and Cara show. We, we believe that God desires team and God desires his messengers to be not just one or two people that speak primarily in a, in a building called a church, but in reality, this is a gathering place for the church and you have messages. You, have, you are an inspired messenger. You are a priest a royal priest of God. And you are anointed and appointed to carry the good news, to carry the truth, the good news of the gospel into every place you walk. That where two or more are gathered, if that's in your home, that is an ecclesia, that is the church. But we don't negate the, the larger gathering of the church. So anyway, back to, back to this. Revelation-inspired messages and messengers. In over your head. Established in identity and success as a team. I could, there's a message on every one of these points. We, as you guys know, we focus often a lot of our, our teaching on our identity in Christ. It's so important that you and I know who God says you are. It's not all about us. It is all about God, but it's also all about our lives hidden in Christ, our lives in Christ. It's very important. If we, if we try to just negate our own importance and say it's just all about God, and I just sit back and do nothing because you know, he, is, 
He's omnipresent, omnipotent. He's, he's got it all. He's in control. But that's not what the scripture tells us. Paul says we are co-laborers with Christ, that we are commissioned to go into all the world, all the earth, and preach the good news. So it's important to know our identity. One of my favorite scriptures is John 1.12. And it seems like such a, a basic verse where John is writing about Jesus coming into the world. You know, the, <clears throat> the word was with God, the word was God, and the word became flesh. Jesus, the everlasting, eternal word of God, became a human being, born of a virgin, walked into this planet. Oh, that reminded me of something earlier. You know, Jesus being born into this world. This is a good message. This would be a good Christmas, not right now, but this message that I'm thinking of. This would be a good Christmas message because, you know, Jesus, he wants to be born in the manger of a heart. He wants to come as the seed of heaven and plant himself inside of that holy of holies, the innermost place where your spirit man, your spirit woman lives. I shouldn't make it a little tiny. It's, it's bigger than that. You don't have a little spirit person. I mean, I don't know what it looks like, you know, but I, I think we should think bigger. I think your, your inner person is way more important than your physical outer, outer courts, your temple. But you are a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, who you receive from God. And the Holy Spirit came in and, and made himself one with your spirit, and that caused you to be born again. And so he's in you, and he, he was birthed inside of a manger inside of you. That's, I think it's a, a beautiful picture. Maybe Isabel will paint that someday. Our, our artist back there of, of a heart that looks like a manger. And this, anyway, okay, never, never mind. I'll just have to get paint and paint my own picture. But John 1.12 says, to all who received him, so that's us, we who are born again, who received Jesus into our heart, to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become the children of God. And I love it when you look into some Greek words. I'm not like a Greek expert, but I love the word for right. He gave you the right to become a child of God. And that word right is the, the Greek word exousia. And if you look at the meaning of that word, it is regal authority. To those who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave them regal authority to become the children of God, sons of God, sons and daughters of God. You have been given royal authority. Like you carry the signet ring, if you will, of heaven because you are a son or a daughter who has come home to the Father. He's placed a robe on you. He's clothed you in Jesus. He's put sandals on your feet and a ring on your finger because you are home. You are his son or daughter in your home with him. You're walking with him. You're in a restored relationship. That means you carry the family name and authority. Our king, King Jesus, has placed his name over us, over each one of us, like a seal over our heart. And you carry royal authority. The king of heaven, King Jesus, has given you authority and power to do things the message tonight isn't about the things to do, but we could talk about it because there's a lot of work. But it's not heavy work because we know Jesus said, 
You know, if you're heavy laden and overburdened and weary and tired, come to me. Come to me. Like, take my yoke upon you. Lay your yoke of heaviness down and take my yoke upon you. Because it's, it's easy. It's light. See, he does all the heavy lifting. He's the, the giant ox. We're just the baby ox kind of pretending we're carrying the weight when he's actually doing it. But he loves to, he loves to show himself strong through you through me. So anyway, I've got some scriptures. Yes, it's come to that. We're not a cult. We do believe in the word of God. And I even have the English standard version tonight, not the passion. We opened with the passion translation, which I love, especially for Song of Solomon. It is, it is lovely. It is a beautiful book. It is intoxicating, truly intoxicating. So intimacy and authenticity, that was the, the, the word that I felt was highlighted today. This season of Christmas that we are walking in, so many people around us, we don't even know what everyone's carrying. We don't even know what each, what each other in this room possibly might be feeling, the, the memories of this time of year. It's a very special intimate time regarding family and when families break down when families get dysfunctional when families scatter whatever they do if they do all kinds of things it can be a very painful time of year for many people and it's it's such a perfect opportunity for us to find in christ to find in jesus through intimacy with him our all sufficiency like he can satisfy our desires with his goodness. And in that, we can pull other people into that place of intimacy with him to communicate his heart. So let's take a look at the word of God. This is from 2 Corinthians chapter 4. I think it was Wednesday night I was reading some of this out of the Passion. And then I got a little lost in the passionate weeds there and <laughs> didn't know where to stop. And I started getting to, anyway. But I love, I love, I love the first probably five chapters, especially of 2 Corinthians. Um, it's just so awesome. The first two chapters talk about this whole thing of Moses being in the glory of God and then the veil um, having to be put over his face because being in the presence of God causes his face to glow. And then chapter 2, it says, we're not like Moses who would cover our faces, but we come to, we come to God with our faces unveiled, beholding him, and as we behold him, so this is the awesome thing, as you and I behold Jesus, spending time at his feet like Mary, choosing the better thing. We could get caught up in making sandwiches for Jesus that he didn't ask for, just like Martha. But, but Jesus said Mary chose the better thing, and, and we can choose to spend time at his feet. Just worship, just listening, listening to his word, reading his word, meditating on his truth, on his promises, getting it in us. I have hidden your your word inside of me so that I might not sin against you. Your word, it's a lamp for my feet. It's a light for my path. We become transformed by the renewing of our minds through the word of God. The word of God is so powerful. It's alive, it's active, it's a sword. Yet it's our bread. It's, it's our, anyway, I could just go on and on. But so, yeah, transformed in his presence as we behold his glory and then well, anyway, I could try to recap every chapter, but let's get right into chapter four here, verse five. For what we proclaim is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ is Lord, 
our with ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. So number one, our proclamation is he's Lord. He is king of our lives. He is the Lord over us. As for me and my house, we're going to serve him. We're going to live for him. We're going to do everything we can to instruct our children in his ways and then release them to become their own man or woman of God and run with him. For God who said, let light shine out of darkness, has shown his light into our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God, to give us the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. The Passion Translation was a little bit prettier how it described it. I'm just going to read it off to the side here. He said, let brilliant light shine out of darkness. The one who said, let brilliant light shine out of darkness is the one who has cascaded his light into us, the brilliant dawning light of the glorious knowledge of God as we gaze into the face of Christ. It's a little more poetic and picturesque, you know, but this is good. But we have this treasure in jars of clay. How many used to like the band Jars of Clay? <laughs> oh, we got a couple. Okay, well. I love that album. I think I wore it out multiple times. We have this treasure in jars of clay. Well, you and I are the jars of clay. We have this treasure in us to show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. It's not about you and your gifting. As important as it is, it's about the one who lives inside of you, the one who lives in me. We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed, perplexed, but not driven to despair, persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, as the Passion said, but not knocked out, or but not destroyed. Sorry, I just got to look it up real quick. Where's it at? That's verse 7. See, I, I ran way ahead too fast. Oh, yeah, knocked down, but not out. Quitting is not an option. At times we don't know what to do, but quitting is not an option. After crushed, let's see, he interpreted that way. Not driven to despair, persecuted, but not forsaken. I don't know how he got that interpretation, but I love it. Quitting is not an option. I don't care how scary things can get out there or even in here. I mean, I hope it doesn't get scary in here. <laughs> quitting is not an option unless he says, it's time to shut that door. It's time to fold that ministry, and I have something new for you. But that is why it's so important to know you're listening to him. You're leaning into his voice. So right in the middle there, we always, always carrying in the body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our bodies. For we who are alive, or we who live, are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake, so that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our mortal flesh. I think Jesus sums, sums this up. He said, if you're going to follow me, pick up your cross and follow me. Deny yourself, pick up your cross, follow me. We have this instrument of death that we are called to pick up. And it produces death in us. As Paul said, I have been crucified with Christ. I no longer live. Yet he's standing there. Well, he's writing this, but he probably preached it. I no longer live. I'm standing in front of you, living and breathing, but I, I reckon myself dead to this world. 
and alive to Christ. So we don't really belong to ourselves. We now belong to the one who has come to take up residence inside of us, who has cascaded his light inside of us to transform you and me into the likeness of Jesus, our King, so that we could shine bright and do the good works that he's prepared for us to do. You guys okay? I'm just going to keep going. I'm going I'm to just preach and then close the book or the iPad or whatever it is. So we don't lose heart. Let's see. Oh, yeah, we're still in chapter 4. So we don't lose heart. I'm kind of skipping some things. Though our outward self, our, our bodies, our flesh, they get sick, you get colds, you start to get aches and pains. Right, Dad? Got a bum leg sometimes. My knee was hurting all day yesterday. Though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self, where the Holy Spirit is one with your spirit, your innermost being, it's being renewed day by day. Just say renewed. Renewed. I think, I think that's a good word to declare over yourself. If you're starting to feel weak in your body or achy or like your body's just like, I'm falling apart. And people will declare that stuff. Oh, my life's just going to the crap or I'm falling apart. I can hardly walk anymore. You can, you can declare what's true, but why not declare what the Bible says? That though outwardly my body is feeling it, inwardly I'm being renewed day by day. And according to Romans 8, the spirit of Jesus living inside of you and me is actually releasing life into our mortal bodies. That's good news. You, everywhere you go, you spread the fragrance of Christ. So then you should declare to your neighbor, you are an air freshener. Okay, you don't have to. But, I mean, you know, you should bring some freshness wherever you go. And if you shower every day, you'll smell fresh. So that's just, you know, personal note. Side note, especially for young people. <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> he showers. He showers all the time. Okay. For this, so our inner self is being renewed day by day. For this light momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. I never really thought about that, but as I'm reading that right now, that sounds awesome. Like God is preparing for you and me. When we transition from this life into eternal life with him, he is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory. That Hebrew word for the glory of God, the glory of the Lord filled the temple, is called kabod. It's the weightiness of his nature and character. He's going to crush you with, with his love. Not, it won't kill you, but yeah. He is going to, he's going to overcome you, overwhelm you. He's going to do that to me. I'm going to fall at his feet as though dead, just like John, the beloved. I'll faint. Just, how can you stand? Imagine it. Just let your imagination wander sometime. What is it going to be like when you see him face to face? I often refer to Isabel's birth. I know I'm kind of doing a little rabbit trail, but the Holy Spirit's on this. I, I refer to Isabel's birth. She is our firstborn, was inside of her mom in the youth room at Abundant Life Foursquare Church. And I would use the microphone, and she, she learned to hear my voice. I don't know if she calmed down or, or what when I was preaching or teaching kids. But when she was born, I was wheeling her down the hallway in this little plastic 
baby cart through the labor and delivery unit. And I was just looking at, I think I was taking her to where they were gonna give her a bath or whatever. And mom was gonna try to rest for a minute. And I was like, hi, Isabel. <laughs> I get emotional every time I talk about it. Her eyes were like, right on my eyes. I'm like, you know my voice. And I've thought about that over the years in regards to God. And I'm thinking as, as a dad and a baby daughter, you were probably like, that's the voice. That's the one I've always heard. And now I can see your face. That's, I believe that's what, what it's gonna be like when we cross through the veil, when we go through the veil of this physical realm into everlasting life, we're gonna see the one. <laughs> I'm gonna hold myself together. We're gonna see his face, the one who we've heard all of our lives. He's going to wipe away every tear. Yeah, it's going to be good. Okay, where did I stop here? Okay, eternal weight, glory beyond all comparison, as we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are, are transient or temporary, but the things that are unseen are eternal. I love that. Colossians 3 says to fix your minds on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your hearts on things above. He uses those two words, your heart and your mind, your soul and your spirit. Set your focus on things above. And the lie that people have spoken over the years, and I've probably said this enough times to you guys that you remember, you can probably quote me now. But the lie I've heard over the years is you shouldn't become so heavenly minded that you're no earthly good. <laughs> And I just think that's a lie. Because the truth is, we aren't really heavenly minded enough. Now, you can take that into a negative. Some people can be so spiritual or religious minded. They got the religious spirit, you know? And they're so set on putting the rules and the regulations on people that they're so focused on that instead of actually being heavenly minded or effective on the earth. But anyway, that's a different message, different preach. I thought you were pointing to your watch. I'm like, you're just scratching your thumb. I thought you were like, it's time. You've already gone 30 minutes now. It's time. This guy's probably got some jet lag, so you're probably like, what time would it be? Like 7, 8, 11, almost 11 o'clock. We stayed up till 2 a.m. and we're here, so just, just relax. 4? 4 a.m. Oh, sorry. You'll be fine. We'll be fine. Okay, so the things that are seen are, are temporary, it's transient. The things that are not seen are eternal. The eternal realm of the spirit is so much more real than this physical realm. He's going to roll this all up like a scroll, the Bible says. He's going to peel the, the sky open like a scroll and just like look in and say, boo! No. <laughs> that would be funny. I mean, that would be me if I was God. <laughs> I would just... I would probably just laugh. <laughs> I don't know what he's going to do when he rolls the scroll back and reveals himself, but every eye is going to see how that's going to happen. If it's a round planet, maybe it is a flat earth. I don't know. I'm kidding. I'm joking. But if it's a round world, we're all going to see him all at the same time through our devices or no, I have no idea, but we're going to see him. Some people are going to cry for the rocks to fall on them and go hide in caves, trying to escape his presence. 
I believe that we're going to be with him in his presence. Rapture. I believe in the rapture, by the way. Not everybody does. You guys might not, but hey, you know, whatever. We can agree to disagree on things. We're not going to divide over open-handed theological points. There's closed-handed and open-handed. Jesus is God in the flesh. We are not going to disagree on that. If we do, it's closed-handed here. We don't budge. He was born of a virgin. His blood is what saves us. The cross is the power of God for salvation to all who believe. Now, the way the rapture is going to happen or the end is going to pan out, that's open-handed. Okay, let's go on. Got just a couple more scriptures. Now we're moving into chapter 5. I just I feel like in this, this Christmas season, as you and I keep intimacy with the Lord before us, as we, as we fill ourselves with the fullness of Jesus by spending time with Him, that we welcome the Holy Spirit every day to come and just fill me with your light, fill me with your power, remind me of, of who I am in you, that I am a son of God, a child of God, that I, that I have been equipped with power and sparkly hands. And I'm, you know, that's, that's a joke. It's a joke. I'm straining to see the sparkles these days, but they're there still. It's private. I'll tell you later. It's just something weird, you know. And it's not in the Bible, but it's a sign to make you wonder. For the love of Christ... The love of Christ controls us. God, may that be true. If it's not, at any point, I just welcome, I make this your prayer, I welcome you, Jesus, to make that true in me, that your love would control me, that your love would motivate me. Because we have concluded this, that one has died for all, therefore all have died. He died for you. Your life is in him. You died with him. And that those who live might no longer live for themselves, but for him who for their sake died and was raised. Man, that's the hard part. Dying daily to yourself. These bodies have a lot of wants, don't they? A lot of wants and needs. But God has ways to satisfy. Satisfy your wants and your needs with good good things. So from now on, so we're at verse 16 of chapter 5. From now on, therefore, we regard no one. You might want to say no one. According to the flesh. This is hard. This is hard. It's so easy to make a judgment. Man, I don't want to tell everyone that I'm judgmental, but the truth is I make judgments and so do you. Might be that new boss at work or something. I don't know. Okay, I'm not going to put anything on you guys. Paul said we regard no one according to the flesh. Even though we once regarded Christ according to the flesh, we, we regard him thus no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. Even that person that has not received salvation yet, that does not know the good news of what Jesus did for them, God has a new creation life waiting for them to step into. So we actually can take the invitation to 
prophetically, put on your prophetic goggles. They might need to be like Coke bottle because you gotta really be able to see into some things. Take those prophetic vision glasses, hear what God says about that, that person that's living on the sidewalk, like the guy that I had to step over to get in here the other morning. How does God see them? What do they look like as a new creation, born again, filled with the Spirit of God, worshiping the Lord, set free, full of joy and laughter and, and love and peace and hope, overflowing with the presence of God in their life? What does that person look like? It could be someone out there on the street screaming at the air, dodging the invisible UFOs. You know, whoa, what was that? Then you get saved and get filled with the Spirit, and then you start doing things. <laughs> I'm, I'm joking. Okay, I'm joking. So there's a key here for us to learn how to see the way God sees. And we start with seeing each other that way. Okay. It should be a little, it should be a little easier in the church to see the new creation life in one another. They're not there yet. They're not walking with him yet. We're a work in progress. But we have a challenge. I want to encourage you guys to look for the God life that's inside of other Christians. Look for the things that he's doing that are visible and call it out. Cheer them on. Be like, man, you, you, your language has changed. You don't talk like you used to. I can sing that song. I don't talk like I used to. I don't walk like I used to. But it's true. You've been washed on the inside. <laughs> a change has taken place. You are a new creation in Christ. That's the reality. That's the truth. You may not look like it in progress where you're at right now, but you are being drawn there. You are being moved into that by God. He starts a good work in you. He's faithful to complete it. Okay, here's the final scripture. Then we're going to close because this is feeling like you guys might be done. Are you guys done? Oh, okay. She's got the biggest Bible out of everyone in the room, so... If you're, if, you're, if you're reading the scriptures, she's like all ears right now. Amen? Amen. Amen. There you go. Preach it. Preach it. There we go. I need a little bit of... Do I need to go to like a the Ebenezer church down the street and get, get a little bit of cheery amens and stuff? Hallelujah. Okay. So the end of this from chapter 5 is this. All of this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and then he gave us a ministry not just me as a pastor every one of us he gave us a ministry the ministry of reconciliation and this is what it this is the job description this is the the message that you and I get to take hold of and put it inside of us that in Christ God was reconciling the world to himself not counting their trespasses against them. Like, I would underline that part in your Bible, highlight it in red. It's not just once you get saved that he's no longer counting your sins against you. He, he reconciled the world. They're not, not, I'm not saying everyone in the world is saved, but the work of the cross, he bore in his body the sins of the world the sins of the world, not just the chosen. And that's, that's an open-handed discussion. You can be an Arminian or a Calvinist and 
disagree on some of those points that, you know, maybe it's just the elect that, whatever. I just look at the Word of God. I feel like that's pretty clear that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and not and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. I love what Ed Silvoso preached. We'll kind of tap into that a little bit down the road. Um, regarding this scripture, they've been reconciled, but they haven't been reclaimed. If we can see them as their sins forgiven, I know I sound like an us and them thing, but the reality is we are in Christ. Not everyone is in Christ. If they don't have the spirit of Christ in them, then they don't belong to him. So I'm talking about people that don't have Jesus living inside of them. They have not been born again, but God has reconciled them in his plan of redemption. And we get to release the message of reconciliation, letting them know your sins have been forgiven. There's good news. You can come to Jesus right now and receive a brand new life and be filled with his presence, be filled with the spirit and walk in a new identity and live with God and love God and know him. So therefore we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. And this is the appeal. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake, he made him to be sin, who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. So let's stand up. It's come to this moment where you have to wake up a little bit, but you're feeling relief now because we made it to the finish line, and it's only 7.50. It's early. Did you say how? Because you guys didn't come up and give us some prophetic words for... No, this is, this is okay, but oftentimes we go later because we go into an extended ministry time. We're missing a good number of people that love to get some prayer, especially our Papa John so in Charla, because sometimes we need it. So we're going to close in prayer, but I, I want to just say we will open up some time. If you need prayer, physical prayer for your body, a prayer for your physical body or a situation that you need some breakthrough.